Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. For this season, we will be rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender for the third time for me and for the three millionth time for Jordan. So let's start with season three, episodes three and four. And so we begin today's episode um, with going over our recaps, where we try to, to the best of our ability in one minute, recap what happened in the episode. So we have episodes three and four, The Painted Lady and Sokka's Master. Uh, and it was kind of already known uh, from the beginning that I would probably do Sokka's Master. Um, Beth is a very kind person. It would have been far too cruel of me to take that from you, to be honest. And I appreciate that so much, Beth. Um, So Beth has volunteered to do the painted lady first. Beth, I have my eye on the clock and I'm ready to go whenever you are. All right, let's do this. Three, two, one, go. So everybody is riding down the river on Appa's back. The river is stupidly polluted and Sokka isn't able to catch any fish. Um, They come across a fishing village where the people are sad and crazy and sick (laughs) and starving. And Katara's like, oh, we have to help these people. And Sokka's like, we don't have time. So they all go back. But oh, no, Appa's sick. We got to go back to the village to get more food. And everybody seems happier because now they have food. And the painted lady came and visited them. A couple more nights pass. The people get happier and happier as time goes on. And we learn that Katara is the one pretending to be the painted lady. Sokka kind of offhandedly mentions that, oh, until the factory is destroyed, nothing's going to get better. So Katara and eventually Aang go and destroy the factory. They then have to fight off the angry Fire Nation people in the village is saved dang with so much time left to spare like <laughs> i think a pretty you had about... straightforward episode honestly <laughs> yeah it is a pretty straightforward episode without any b plots or any of that stuff but yeah good it's all right we can take some t- we can take some time to actually like flesh out an episode for once true i'm not used to that i was like oh no i'm running out of time right <laughs> i don't watch the clock that's cheating yeah no and i don't know and i and i don't either so no i feel you um, all right. And then I have Sokka's Master, episode four. Um, I'm ready when you are, Beth. All right. Let's go in three, two, one, go. A meteor shower is providing entertainment for the gang, but then all of a sudden, one of those meteors decides it wants to come to Earth. Crashes to Earth. They put out the fire with bending. Sokka is sad because he is useless. Um, meanwhile, they all go into town. Um, Sokka, Sokka complains about how useless he is. They discover that he should learn to get a master, specifically for swords. Um, he finds a master who's particularly picky, um, but for whatever reason decides to train Sokka. There's a whole training montage where Sokka learns to get better. Um, eventually, he reveals that he's not, in fact, as he originally said, from the Fire Nation colonies, but is, in fact, a wa- uh, from the Water Tribe. There's a little fight, uh, at which point Sokka's master's like, it's okay, all sword, sword uh, fighting belongs to all nations anyway. And they get a White Lotus tile. Meanwhile, the gang realizes how much they miss Sokka, and they miss his, miss his witty remarks. And meanwhile, Iroh is getting buff in a prison cell. Five seconds to spare. Yeah! <laughs> I was I was thinking about, like, I was taking a little long, but I was just like, that's okay. The other plots are really simplistic. <laughs> and I was, like, watching, I was like, oh, God, is Jordan going to go over on, like, a really simple episode after we've yeah. been doing so well? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, ugh. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to no. do that nonsense. We're, we're going to keep it strong. We're exactly. professionals. <laughs> yeah, we've done this so many times, Beth. We're just basically, we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We say before the episodes actually get complicated. <laughs> All 
we now enter the part of the show where Beth and I take a moment back, nerd out, and analyze the episodes in front of us. And so, Beth, we start with episode three, The Painted Lady. And I mean, I think you and I would both agree that there's only one one character that this episode is really even about. Mm-hmm. Momo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is obviously a testimony to all of Momo's accomplishments. We finally get him fleshed out as a character. No. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, um, it's nice to get, and she's had a couple episodes to show her stuff off. The one, the one that comes most recently to mind, um, is the one where, and I'm going to forget what it's called, but it's the one where we meet Haru. Oh Um, yeah. Way back in the beginning of season two, right? Or season one. Season one. Oh geez. Yeah. Um, where we get to see who Katara actually is, but I, you know, I, I think, I think this is a nice episode again. Like we know, we, there's nothing new. I feel like we learn about Katara, right? Like I feel like it's just a confirmation and expansion on things we already know about her. But it's so like good. <laughs> like, oh, it's for so sure. Good seeing Katara take center stage and get to like have her own agency because I feel like a lot of that kind of has fallen by the wayside. Like she's just becomes the the token girl group mom kind of a thing. But it gets to show that she has agency. She has her own wants and desires separate from Aang and the rest of the group and their mission and stuff. And it's great to see her get to like explore that. Right, and it's just so like what I what I like about her and what I like about this episode in particular is when she's clashing with Sokka, you know, it's kind of that age-old question that they don't necessarily resolve, but the age-old question of, you know, to what extent do you help? You know, like, mm-hmm. every, you know, Katara is the compassion and Sokka is the reasonableness or whatever. Um, maybe even slight cynicism. Uh, and it's, you know, it's that, age-old, it's that age-old question of, you know, how do you help those who are in need? Exactly. And at the same time, like, you can't go into things with blind optimism. The cynicism is important when you're talking about helping because like, I guess coming from the perspective, I've been on a couple of like international medical mission trips, right? Where we show up, we give medical care for a few days and then we're gone. And it always is like, feels good to be able to help and fix the things that we can fix immediately. But at the same time, it's like, this is a systems issue. This is a structural issue. Who's going to refill their like metoprolol when we're gone, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, and, you know, and of course, being a kid show, it happen- it happens to create, like, there is an overarching problem that can be solved fairly easily, just destroy the factory and done is done. Um, but I but I like that, I don't know, I like that it tries to broach that topic and it does it, you know, it does it in a safe way. It does it in a way that gives it its own exit um, because this whole topic, of, I mean, it's an unsolvable problem. Um, just like you said, like it, it has to do with systems and it has to do with, you know, just these big overarching things that aren't just solved in a 20 minute episode. Um, but on the other hand, you know, we still, it, it's still, I think so important for us to be able to feel like we have agency and, and obviously you you just use that word to describe for Katara in this episode, like to feel like we have an ability to help people, um, and to actually do something that will help solve problems in our in our world, mm-hmm. and that's and why think, it's important to but, have that like optimism, <laughs> like because yeah. without the optimism that Katara was showing, they never would have stopped to help at all. But without the cynicism and sort of bigger picture that Socket had, 
they would have just made the villagers be in more trouble at the end of things, you know, and never exactly. actually fixed anything. Well, exactly. And, and, and I think, and I, yeah. And I don't know. And I think it's so important, you know, for all the gang has seen that Katara, like for Katara to not lose her optimism, like she, like she gets, we know she gets where Sokka's coming from. Like mm-hmm. Katara is not a complete idiot. Like, we know she gets where Sokka's coming from, but in the end, if she has to choose between the two, like, you know, the line of the episode is where she's like, no, I will always do what I can to help people. Um, And, and, you know, that's, uh, that's such a huge and important line in defining who Katara is. Even if, even if she's not a hundred percent sure that her help is going to solve the problem, she's still going to do something. Mm Mm-hmm. And can I just say that I like love that at the very end of it, Sokka comes and stands by her side. He's like, you won't turn your back on them and I'm never going to turn or turn my back on you when you need me. Like, oh, yeah. yes. Toph would Toph would beat us to the ground if she saw us crying right now. But yes, I know. And we deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I agree with you. I it was good to see Sokka not just pout um just be like a stupid girl whatever like but instead to just be but instead to be like i'm always gonna have your back too and so Mm -hmm. i don't agree with this but you know what if we're doing this we're doing this yeah so yeah uh it's so good it is and the thing is like it could have it very well easily could have been a very hand heavy-handed like industry bad environment good sort of thing but they weave all of this other stuff into it which just makes it so much better of an episode oh for sure because they they weave in to get to what you're saying like they weave in you know characters personal their personalities you know they weave in um the fact that the you know these there's larger issues oh what am i trying to say here well, they weave in the whole how do you address poverty issue or how do you address problems issue. Um, and then just the whole fact of like, we are getting an inside glimpse of, again, continuing to get inside glimpses of what what is life actually like in the Fire Nation? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think these people really give two cents about the war. No, they're just trying to survive. Right. And the Fire Nation is actually kind of oppressing them too with the factory that's up the river. Right. And so... I don't know. It's all these interesting thing we think interesting things weave together, and I agree with you. They're not heavy handed on the preachiness at all, um, and and it's and it is nuanced um, because even though Sokka is making fun of everything Katara is saying, and it's just like, what spirit magic? Ooh, like mm-hmm. you know, and he and he makes sarcastic, offhanded remarks about things that will actually solve the problem. Like I don't know. In a way, like the show is acknowledging like Katara is the feature. And Katara's optimism is necessary and good, but it's not dismissing Sokka's arguments. Yeah, that's true. And so, I don't know. I really liked that. And then I also liked at the very end where even Katara is like, hey, we can't solve all your problems. Like, you have to do some of this yourself. Which I And I know there's a very shaky, vic, you know, not vic, or like victim blaming or like, putting the burden of responsibility <laughs> uh-huh. onto um, the oppressed. And I, and I, and I get that. And I know that that's, we have to tread very, very carefully there. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, there is still, we have to look at a little bit of our locus of control and look at what are the things that are within our control. Yeah. So, 
Sorry, I felt like I just got preachy there. So no, that's okay. I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> it's it's a, a perspective that I never actually kind of thought about watching this episode previously. And honestly, yeah. like doing this podcast in general just made me think more about it because beforehand I was like, yay, Kataro hero episode. Next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a fairly it is a fairly straightforward episode. We don't even we don't even hear about Zuko or Iroh, which is which is really weird. Yeah, it's it's a filler episode, but it's a good filler episode. I would agree. I would agree with that observation. Um, I will point out though, Painted Lady, like, what have you been doing? Like well, maybe she couldn't do anything because her river was polluted. We don't know how spirits work. Jordan, do you know how spirits work? The writers sure don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That argument was so sound and so strong. And you use my own complaints against me. I I just can't. I, I have no good response. I, I am impressed and I am just like, and now we shall move on. <laughs> Cut the tape. Cut the tape. <laughs> I have just been, I have been so soundly defeated in argument that I'm just like, yeah, I've lost. Okay, moving on. <laughs> That's uh, it. Uh, do you have anything else to talk about for this episode? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I really don't. I honestly thought we kind of, I kind of thought we hit all the big, the big ideas. So, I and I assume right. you, yeah. All right. Okay. And now we go to the episode that just makes me just so happy. Um, Sokka's Master, episode four. Um, and for me, like Sokka, as we have discussed a lot, is obviously my favorite character. Um, if you hadn't caught on, I'm sorry you haven't been paying attention. Um, Sokka, is, you know, the things that endear Sokka to us as the audience is the fact that he's not a bender. The fact that he has to use his wits, the fact that, you know, it, it's so interesting. It's so interesting because usually he's fairly strong and like fairly like he doesn't let a lot of things get to him. But for once, he's actually kind of let something get to him. Um, mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to see this brief moment of insecurity for Sokka. We yeah. know. Yeah, we, we know he's clumsy. We know he's not a good flirt at all. Oof. <laughs> Like, it awful. still gets all the ladies anyways. How? <laughs> yeah. I think it's the attraction to the brains, personally, but what do I know? No, uh, but, uh, but yeah. But like you were saying, like he lets something get to him. The power creep of the rest of his group is kind of like... Because, I mean, at the beginning, what Katara could like wave around a little bit of magic water, and he was like the hunter and the brains and the tactician, and Aang could bend air pretty well, but... Then they pick up Toph, who's like the most powerful earthbender. Katara can now create tsunamis. Aang can fly and bend three elements. And Sokka is still the guy who can hunt pretty well and fight okay and has a boomerang, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I, th I think that's a good observation to point out is that whole power creep thing. And so it's like, well, what's... And so Sokka feels like, even though... And I appreciate Katara saying, like, we don't... You know, I hope you know that we don't see you this way. Mm -hmm. And you never get that impression from the group. Um, but they've become independent and he's like, what's my point anymore? Um, and so maybe what I like about this episode and maybe that, maybe this was what the writers were feeling as they got to this point, they're like, well, do we need to establish the importance of Sokka? <laughs> yeah. And so, and if that, if that was a thought process, then I think they did a good job because this episode really does emphasize like how, even though he is the least powerful, 
he's still a vital character in the team. For sure, because it shows both sides, right? It shows Sokka learning and showing his ingenuity and creativity and things. And on the other side, it shows the rest of the group is just lost without him. Exactly. And I, I, you know what? I love how no one knows what to do without Sokka. Like just the episode before, they had they had picked on him because he had this really OCD schedule. Um, and they were just like, oh my God, this is awful. And then all of a sudden, like he's not there and they're all just sitting there bored and they're just like, uh, what do we even do? Mm-hmm. It's like they don't know how to live without him. Yeah, he's been such a like, guiding presence in the group and even though they were like making fun of him and getting kind of annoyed for him telling them what to do and where to go and how they need to like wake up early and stuff once they lose their compass they're just like i i guess we can sit here (laughs) yes yeah and and that they can't even they can't even crack a joke right is it's just all it's all so interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah and then the side and then so on the and i say negative not as in like it's a bad thing but as in they're realizing what it's like without, and that's where the negative comes from, without Sokka. And so going over to the positive, then what is Sokka gaining? Uh, you know, the, the whole training thing, I, d- I did feel like was a little odd. I, I did feel like it was somewhat, somewhat like we have to affirm Sokka's worth. Uh, even if, yeah, there are just some things where I'm just like, eh, this isn't really doing a whole lot to actually like show me that Sokka is actually talented. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. But I think the final fight makes up for that, right? Like after he tells him like, oh, I'm actually Water Tribe and then shows like all of the ingenuity and things that he was demonstrating earlier, sort of how they apply to one-on-one combat. He's kicking up dirt. He's knocking down trees. He's doing everything that he can using his brain in a fight to withstand a master swordsman. While screaming and running away. <laughs> I mean, you can't be perfect. No one's perfect. <laughs> right. No, I, sorry. I say that, but I'm, ag- I'm agreeing with you completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that is, he, he does hold up very competently against an expert swordsman. Um, and it does point out, so- like, even in a pinch, even if he's absolutely, like, scared and running away, Sokka still has the ability to use the elements around him, manipulate his surroundings to his advantage. Um, like that just that's feet. intrinsic to what's that? Think on his feet too. Exactly. Yeah. And that's intrinsic to him. Like he doesn't have he didn't have to be trained in that. He just he just does it. Like that's just what he does. Um and so yeah, I, I agree. That is that is that is a good a good thing for him. Um uh, and I and you know it got me thinking of, and I don't know if we want to go ahead and like it's, I thought it was a good way to maybe conclude an episode would be to talk about what does this episode say about Sokka, mm-hmm. and so I feel like we're at the right spot for it. So like sure. I guess to, what and and you and I can kind of go back and forth on this. What do you, what do you feel like this episode shows us about Sokka? Um, I I think kind of some of the things that we've said, it shows us his creativity, his ability to think on his feet and approach situations in a way that requires like more foresight and strategy rather than just trying to muscle his way through things. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. And then I, I threw on there as well, always thinking if perhaps overthinking it, (laughs) um, 
<laughs> True. Like, like that's that was just something I've noticed, and and it fits with some of the other stuff he's done where he's gone a little OCD. Like when he's like, oh, so I have to leave my mark on the page. Like he's always trying to he's always trying to find some alternative angle. Um, he'd make a really good airbender, um, but true. And so and sometimes it's like, okay, you don't like have to overthink this that much, Sokka. Um, but he is always thinking. He's always trying to think of what's the best angle to approach this at, even if he's giving it maybe more thought than it actually needs. Um, and then one other one. Unless, did you have one before I get to my last one? Nope, go for it. And then my last one I had is he's very resilient. Uh, Sokka is one, like probably one of the endearing qualities of Sokka to me is being not naturally talented uh, when it comes to like bending and stuff like that. He gets knocked down a lot, but he is stubborn uh, and has the ability to get to pull himself back up. And partly because he's just kind of been raised that way. He just like it just kind of has to be that way. Mm -hmm. But he pulls himself back up and he keeps fighting the losing. Even if it's a losing battle, Mm -hmm. I just think back to that first fight with Zuko uh, (laughs) back in like episode two. Mm -hmm. And like even if it's the most losing battle possible, Sokka is going to fight it to the bitter end. And I think that's an endearing trait of his. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about on this episode? Um, don't think so. Well, my computer just died. Oh. There we go. <laughs> I don't think okay. so. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, well, the good news is, is you were still alive, and so we're good there. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess the only other tidbits I see is, you know, we get another hint to the White Lotus at the very end, mm. um, which is more just kind of like adding those little, you know, just adding those little uh, Easter eggs or whatever, just being like, oh, guess what's coming? Oh, uh, also a non-show relevant, I guess, <laughs> Easter egg, the the waterfall scene that Sokka's supposed to paint. Yeah. It was modeled after Gullfoss in Iceland. Yay! Yes! <laughs> Trippy, huh? <laughs> Yay! That's awesome. Since you and I have both been there and think it's amazing, it's so good. <laughs> it's so amazing. That makes a lot of sense. Like now that I actually think back to what it looks like, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, yes. Ah, yeah. So good. And you know, I will say, even the uncle getting swole part. So like <laughs> that was like I feel like we just really briefly need to mention like it. Like that part is exciting. That's one reason I also like this episode. Is it is kind of cool to see Iro like. Iroh's not just sitting by passively waiting for this war to end. Iroh's going to make a difference too. Yeah, I remember I almost literally cheered out loud when I first saw him getting swole because I was like, oh, he's stuck in prison. This is so sad, but nope, he's getting ripped. (laughs) Right, and he's deceiving. He's deceiving these fools who are guarding him. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, look out, Fire Nation. Look out. Now we've reached the point of the episode where we go ahead and we give a rating out of five stars. Um, our rating system is capricious, but we don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> decimal points are allowed. Um, and we always try to give an explanation for why we rated something, even though we always lose our point of reference for other things that we rated it by. So that being said, the painted lady 
season three, episode three. Beth, what'd you feel? I'm going to give this one a 3.8. Okay. It's fun. Good, decent character. I guess not development, but affirmation. Um, But it's a filler episode. Not Not a lot really goes on plot wise. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, a solid four for me, like pleasant, definitely filler. And that's about all it needs to be said. Like I enjoyed it. Yes. And th- and that's it. <laughs> um now what how about Sokka's Master, episode four? Yeah, this one I'm gonna go a little bit higher and give a four point oh. Um I remember I wasn't super into this episode the first time I watched it. I think the more I rewatch it and kind of think about it, the more that I like it. Um it's a fun episode, also still kind of a bit of a filler episode, but I like it. So four point oh. I'm going to steal one of your pieces of logic. The one where you said the more you watch it, the more you like it. I think I would agree completely. I think this time when I watched it was actually the most I've enjoyed this episode. Um, for whatever for whatever reason, this episode um, seems to age very well. Um, so I actually gave it a 4.5, which would be pretty high up for me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's Sokka who's featured, and so that probably just <laughs> earned some points for me. Um, and it doesn't have any of that special sauce that would get it above a 4.5, but it is truly enjoyable. There's nothing There's nothing I hate about this episode. Um, so yeah, I would give it a 4.5. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash bjrewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch. 